Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. All right, well, let's see, can we continue on the same line of thought that we had for last, last night? If you weren't here today, you might want to get the teaching. Uh, so I'm going to, we're going to go again as we've gone before. And line upon line, we're going to talk about some things having to do with fulfilling our dominion. Uh, say it again. Amen. Mandate. So we got a mandate to fulfill from God. It takes up where Jesus left off. And the scriptures, can I get somebody over here to, uh, no, over here to read. Come on, you had your hand up first, come on. All right. Okay. I'm not going to call you but once. Okay, the one that had his hand up back there. Okay. Hey, come on. All right. Give him a microphone. Hey, amen. Over here. All right. Um, if you look, uh, this is where Jesus, I want you to read over in Isaiah chapter 61, and we'll read out of King James and start here at verse uh, one. This, Jesus got up in the synagogue and he began to uh, read from that place in Isaiah. And uh, he read and then he closed the book, set down the eyes of all of them in the synagogue, were fastened on him. And he began to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, this is not what I intended to start with, but once I come in here, the pull begins. He's got a pulling thing. So let's read Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to the to He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Well. If you look at that, he read down to, read verse 2, if you will, and I'm going to stop you where I want to stop you. Go ahead. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of okay, all. Okay, to proclaim, to proclaim the, the year of the Lord, acceptable, acceptable. The acceptable year of the Lord. Then... And what else after that? And the day of vengeance. And the day of vengeance. Now, Jesus didn't preach that. No, that's right. That's right. Jesus preached up to there. Right. Yes. In Luke chapter 4, yes. he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, yeah. recovery of sight to the blind, to set it liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Just what he said. 
Then he closed the book. He sat down. They tell me he sat down in the chair that was reserved for the Messiah. And that's what made them really angry. Now, this acceptable year of the Lord is where he stopped. Then vengeance completes that. And then he goes on to the next verse and the next verse. You might want to read it sometimes. But this is where Jesus stopped his ministry and the Holy Spirit came in and started his ministry at vengeance. Now, vengeance has nothing to do with revenge. It's it's God himself uh, executing uh, uh, his vengeance or his justice uh, based on a heart of love and taking things that are wrong and making them right. Okay? So this vengeance is something that when it comes, this vengeance is what is needed in the last days from the Holy Spirit executed by him. It's one of the number one target of, of abuse in the last days is going to be the justice system. And what's happening is injustice is going on. And as this injustice is called upon, Lord have mercy. This is not where I plan to go. Look what he says to uh, Abraham. God spoke to Abraham. Genesis in chapter 12 and verse starting at verse 2. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. Read. And I will make of thee a great nation. I'll make of thee a great nation. Speak up just a little bit. And I'll make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, next verse. And I will bless them that thee and curse him that, that curseth thee and in thee shall families so the earth be blessed. Now, read it in the AMPC, if you will. And let's just see the difference here. A-M-P-C. Now let's see what it says. All right? A-M-P-C. Verse 2. Um, the A-M-P-C. That's, oh, to verse 2. Yeah, verse 2. Uh-huh. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you. Keep and going. And curse him who curses or uses insolent, in, insolent language toward you. And you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed. Be blessed, all right? And through you they'll bless themselves. Look at verse 3 in the AMP translation. And let's just see what that says. All right? Okay? Okay. All right, AMP. And I will bless you, do good for, benefit those who bless you. Benefit those who bless you. Keep going. And I will curse you. Curse that is subject to my wrath. Okay. Subject to my wrath. And judgment. And what? Judgment. 
All right, and judgment. All right, now, somebody has an AMP, AMPC, that has a little bit different. Uh, now, okay, here, all right? He's gonna give it to you uh, because this truth has tried to be hidden. All right, I'm gonna let him read this. Ready, read. And I will, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will with, make of you a great nation. I'll bless you. Keep going. With abundant increase of favors. With abundant increase of favors. Come on. And make your name famous. And make your name famous and distinguished. Keep going. And you will be a blessing. Dis- dispensing good to You'll others. You'll be a blessing dispensing goods to others. Keep going. And I will bless those who bless you who, con- who confer prosperity or happiness upon you. I'll bless those that bless you who confer prosperity upon you. Next word, next part. And curse him who curses or uses insolent language towards you. Curse who curse or uses insolent language toward you. And you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed. Be blessed. AMP. I'm not getting, I'm not getting my, I'm not getting what thrills me. All right, verse three. Okay. And I will curse that is subject to my wrath and judgment. The one who curses, despises. Wait a minute. He said, I'm going to curse those who curse you. Keep going. Or dis or dis- despise you despise, or what else? Dishonor. Dishonor you or what else? Or has contempt for you. Has contempt for you. So I'm going to take care of anybody that dishonors your name. That this, this, you you got to see this because this truth is hidden. Now, Jesus stopped just before vengeance. And the Holy Spirit's ministry took up from where Jesus stopped. And so when the Holy Spirit started there, uh, all of these things now are going to come into play. Uh, I'll show you some samples of it, but I want you to read that one more time. Now that you've exercised your lips on that. (laughs) Now read it one more time and give me all those descriptions, what he's going to do. And I will bless, do good for benefit those who bless you. And I will curse that is subject to my wrath and judgment. The one who curses, despises, dishonors, and has contempt for you. And in all the families, nations of the earth, you will be blessed. All right. All right. We made it through. Hallelujah. I might give you something in advance for that. Praise God. All right. Now. I'm only saying that because if you look over here in Genesis in chapter 20 and look at verse three, this is when uh, the king took Sarah, Abraham's wife and took him into his harem. All right. Now he's got plans uh, to uh, have her to produce seed that's contaminated. 
And so read that verse three, please. But God came unto Abimelech in a dream during the night and said, behold, you are a dead man. No, wait, wait a minute. See, because this is dishonoring him. And God came to the king in a dream at night and said this, you're but a dead man. You've got another man's wife. Now it's not just another man. Here's another man that he's in covenant with. Now I'm going to share something with you. This vengeance has not really been preached as it should to the body of Christ. Now we've heard about grace and that is so wonderful, but there's a side of God that's got some vengeance to it. Now let me see, can I find that scripture? First Samuel, please. First Samuel and chapter two. And let's just try verse six. I think it is. Two and verse six. Now we're just warming up now. All right. Go ahead and read that. The Lord puts to death and makes alive. Okay, wait a minute. Say it again. The Lord puts to death and makes alive. What translation is that that you're using now? AMP. Uh-huh. AMP. All right, come back to King James. Okay. That's all right. We're going to make a reader out of you. Okay. Go ahead. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. The Lord kills and makes alive. Keep going, please. He bringeth down to the grave. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. And brings up again. Now we thank God he's a God of love. Say he's a God of love. But when you mess with one of God's people, is this the right bunch I'm talking to? Now that just doesn't go for you. It goes for your family. So you've got a right through the covenant that your whole family will be untouched by evil. Are you with me? Now, I know that we look at Job. Now turn to Job chapter 6 and verse 24. All right, I know we look at Job. Well, what happened to Job's kids? So the kids died and so forth and so on. All right, read. Teach me and I will hold my tongue. Teach me. This is Job talking. Teach me and I will what? Hold my tongue. See, the blessing wall is around you. But the tongue can pull it down. Most of the saints' problems is one inch below their nose. It's, it's, a, it's a problem with their mouth. I remember when I was, uh, uh, me and another gentleman, if I mention his name, you probably know it. We go on a lot of mission trips together. And uh, I used to say, and I heard this, and I started quoting it. We got to pray to get in and pray to get out. Now, we went to a lot of places. We went to 
Philippines, everywhere. And uh, I said that and it seemed like that was not only coming true, it seems like it was getting worse. My goodness. We came in the Philippines one time. We had come from, from uh, Mindanao. We came in the Philippines and the rain was so bad till we, our flight was the last flight that came in. This is before I had my own transportation. And it was the last, it's while I was, it was, this was while I was still flying public transportation. And, uh, and so uh, they closed the runway after that. The water at the uh, airport terminal was nine feet high. So we had to park, stay there for hours until we could just pull up to the terminal. Now, I went to God. I said, God, looks like it's going in and out of these places. It's getting worse. He said, well, what have you been saying? I said, I've been saying I've got to pray to get in and pray to get out. He said, is that scripture? Well, you said, Lord, you're blessed coming in and blessed. Going, am I right about it? I changed my confession and haven't had a problem ever since. See, Job knew that the nature of God was good. And he, he, he said some things that caused the loss of his business of his family, you name it. Got him so sick until his friends coming up to see him. That's in Job chapter two and verse 12. The Bible says he was so disfigured, they couldn't even recognize him as a man. Now that's prophetic because on the cross, Jesus took everything we deserve. And he was so disfigured. Come on now get the revelation of it. See, he took what we deserve and let us go free. So don't let the devil have you to take what Jesus took. It's been paid for once. So don't let the devil talk to you into paying for it again. Well, I guess the Lord's trying to teach me something. No, he's not. The devil's trying to kill you. And you better wake up. No, 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 no. He's got some things here. Let's go to a couple more scriptures here. Psalm, Psalm chapter 34 and verse 4. Let's try that one. Psalm chapter 34 and verse 4. Glory to God. Amen. We're just warming up now. Go ahead. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Uh, all my fears. So God will deliver you from all your fears. Verse seven in that same chapter. Look what it says here in verse seven. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about, the, about, that, about them that, ha, that fear him and delivered them. The, the, read it again so you can read it plain. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth the them. The angel of the Lord yeah. encamps round about those that fear God. Right. When you fear God, you just keep his word. Yes. 
and he delivers them. Say amen to that. So wherever you go, you're going to have an angel with you. At least one. At least one. Now I got a bunch of them with me because of what I'm doing. I'm the man. Amen. Don't hate, participate. In Jesus' name. All right. So I'm saying to you, the whole idea about vengeance is something. Let's go all the way over to Luke. Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. This whole idea of vengeance is God is in a place now where the Holy Spirit's ministry has started and where Jesus kind of left them and let them, you know, they were after him and he'd go to another city. That's not going to be so during the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to execute vengeance upon all those that are oppressed. All right, go ahead and read. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. A lot of times we read that scripture, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And in general, that's true. But that's not what that scripture is talking about. That scripture is talking about faith for vengeance. None of this is automatic. Faith comes one way. How? By hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. And he said over in, uh, 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 over in uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, how can they hear without a who? Preacher. So somebody's got to teach vengeance so the people can have faithful vengeance so that the devil can't touch them. Watch this. Somebody can post something about you and you can use vengeance and make them take it down. And they can be in a whole nother country. Because God doesn't have to go anywhere to be everywhere. And put something up there about you you don't like, you go to God, an angel will show up at their door. You better take it down or you better dead man. No, he won't kill him like that. My point to you is God is out to save people. But look what happened to Pharaoh. Pharaoh wouldn't let him go. Am I right about it? But next thing you know is, is he, he tried to, uh, you know, uh, make a deal with him once or twice. And Moses said, no deal. And then he let him go. But he made one mistake. He went after them. He went after them. And here comes the vengeance of the Lord. Now he didn't, he didn't want to destroy Pharaoh, but if you keep messing with God's people, somebody going to have to pay. So notice what they had that made Pharaoh chase them. They had his economy. They had the jewels. They had the gold. They had the silver. They had St. John suits. Am I right about it? And left town. Pharaoh said, whoa, 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 here. Wait a minute. No, the wealth was supposed to be transferred. And I'm telling you, you're the generation that is going to get the wealth 
and put it in the hands of the people who both are heaven. Say amen to that. And if Pharaoh comes after you, look out, look out, look out. All right. I won't go any further with that. That was just to get our engine warmed up. Shonda. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get into um, what we talked about, part two of fulfilling your dominion mandate. Okay. Now, when God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, he was not <clears throat> saying this as if you have an option. This is not a suggestion. Now, if he's going to tell you to be fruitful, <clears throat> he's got to give you some seed. Am I right about this? Okay. So, this idea about being fruitful was God's idea. That he wants his people to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Now hold on now because we're about to go to another level. Um, First, if we look at the Yes, Jerry's watch. All right, now we went through this. um, Let me just give you a little something in advance. Just just be patient with me, you know. Uh, You know, I like these young people. They just take it. Okay, give it here. I mean, they they don't say, well, let me sew it. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. (laughs) No, that's religion. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. Now watch. Jerry's watch. Now let's go through this again because we're going to another level. I got to get used to that. You got to get used to saying it. You're going to another level. All right. We told you the third, three dimension. I almost, I, I almost, I almost gave you some. I, oh, you came close. Okay. All right. Now, uh, time, space, matter. Those are the three. When Adam fell, he was imprisoned by those. Meaning that he had to wait on time. Time dictated the time. The law of time. So he had to wait on that. Now, the last Adam, Jesus came and he didn't. He kept breaking the law of time. Because he wasn't operating in 3D. He was operating in 4D. Okay. All right. So Jerry Swan. So Jerry was about to speak and he said, uh, who speaks after me? He said, Charles does. 
He said, oh, how long did I have? He said, you have one hour. He said, uh, well, uh, how long does Charles have? He said, he has one hour too. Oh, uh, I think I'll just take Charlie's time too and laughed about it. So he starts speaking and looking at his watch, looking at his watch, looking at his watch. And each time looks like he had more time. But in fact, he discovered that his watch had stopped. (laughs) And now when his watch had stopped, he said, wait a minute, what, what time is it? The moderator got up and said, you have not only taken your time, but you've taken Charlie's time as well. And he said, Charles, I apologize. I didn't mean to do that. I was just kidding. Charles said, I just want to say one thing. That Jerry has trained his spirit to bring to pass everything that he says. You with me? Now, if we look at Genesis chapter 31 and look at verse 31, maybe 32. Let's start with verse 31. All right. And read that. And Jacob answered and said unto to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, peradventure per, 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 per thou, while this take by force thy daughters from me. Next verse. Verse with, 32. With whomsoever thy find findest thy gods, let him not live. All right. Now, he said, Laban, we did not steal your gods. He had these wooden gods, these things that he used for spiritism. And so he said, in fact, whoever stole your gods, let them not live. Now, he didn't know his wife stole her father's gods. Because see, part of that Laban was using as mind control on Jacob. That's why you need discernment. Discernment is, in short, spiritual knowing. You know it because of something that God has imparted to you in terms of knowledge or a fact that is impossible for a human to know. So God lets you know it. But pretty soon, Jacob went from 3D to 4D. No longer was he depending on a salary. A salary cannot come close to what God wants to do for you. Cannot come close. And he said something. Let's go to Genesis 30 and verse 33. Genesis 30 and 33. Watch what he says. 
All right. Okay. For it was little which thou hadst before. Genesis 30 and 33. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come. In other words, don't pay me anything. Your having me to live on my salary is 3D. You, you got to see what I'm talking about. That's the way the world is keeping the church from doing what it's supposed to do. Now I know this, I could feel a little dip in the anointing when I went this way. But I'm BW. I'm the man. I'm going to give it to you. Come on, come on. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to make you strong out of this. You got to see that that salary is seed. That salary is tied. That's how you, you, you are worth more than any man can pay you. Well, I didn't mean to go this way tonight. Now, I'm not saying go out here and tell the boss man you don't need to pay me anymore. Did I say that? No, I didn't say that. I'm saying look at that salary as what God can provide for you so you'll have something to sow. Because he wants to be Jehovah Jireh. He does not want you to look to any other source to support you and what he's called you to do. The church been around here uh, cooking chicken dinners and selling chicken dinners and Katie did's trying to do so. There ain't enough chickens in California to do what God has called you to do. It's all right to get the salary. I, I, I really, my wife takes care of all of that. It, it, it's called she money. That's right. And, uh, and, but she takes, but I don't know specifically what the number is that I make. Because I make so much more than that. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying be callous or, or anything like that. If you want to know what you've got in your checking account or savings and so forth, you want to be um, handling your money properly. But my point to you is, is Jacob figured out that what was holding him was this salary thing. And as long as he was looking for the first and the 15th, he was in trouble. And I'm saying today, I came to town to get you from bending over to straightening up. And from this day forward, your salary will never be your source. That God's going to bless you beyond measure. In Jesus' name. Now sit down. take a salary and bully you. You know, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 folks. Mm-mm. 
Don't let it happen anymore. So once Jacob did that, now ideas came. Why? Because he was going to another level. Now, creative ideas. Once you commit, creation starts. It doesn't start until you commit. He says, could you read one more? All right. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. These are not in my message, but God is leading me this way because somebody is pulling. There's, there's a baby going to be born in here tonight somewhere in Jesus' name. All right, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Go ahead. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Now, cursed be the man, come on, that trusteth in a man. Keep going. And maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart depart, departeth from the, the Lord. heart departs from the, it's a very slow process that a person who used to trust in God now start looking at that nice paycheck and start departing from the Lord. And that's where the devil wants the church. And that thing is seductive. It's like Delilah with Samson. Samson, you got big muscles and you just look so good and, and so forth. Now tell me where your strength is. No, woman, I ain't going to tell you that. No, Samson, you know it. And the Bible says she pressed him. And pretty soon he gave away the secret and didn't know that the Lord had departed. You start trusting in that world and that, that same anointing that was on you, Say amen. amen. Boy, I'm preaching here tonight. Somebody's pulling this thing up, man. Somebody got to get, you You about to get blessed. Somebody did it. Do you know one word from God can change your life forever? All right, so what happened? So the curse is a man that trusted in man. And, and it, it makes flesh his arm, whose heart departs from the Lord. But blessed is the man who trusts in God. Yeah, trust in God. So here, this Jerry has spoken something. And he had trained his spirit to bring to pass what he said. And he was operating out of the inside rather than out of his intellect. Say amen to that. And when you do that, God will honor your faith. And you'll see things happen for your life that have never happened before. So what I said to you is that there are two, two areas and one spectrum of reality. Y'all remember that? I said that Jesus could see both realms just like Adam could before the fall. So I gave an example of in, 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 sec, in um, Second Kings chapter 6 where they were surrounded by the Syrian army. And the servant 
panicked. Gehazi. Carnal as a goat. And Gehazi, he he said, Master, what are we going to do now? He said, there more, be more with us than be with them. And he said, Lord, open his who? Eyes. Now, didn't he see the Syrian army? Didn't that mean that his eyes were already open? But that tells me you have another pair of... Father, I pray that their spiritual eyes be open like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, spectrum of reality. So, there's a spiritual part and there's a natural part. Now, we went through this. Didn't we go through this last night? We didn't? We did. All right. So, what you want to do is make sure that you're operating in both realms. Now, in the invisible realm called the uh, the eternal realm, that's where all your stuff is. Everything that you'll ever need till Jesus comes back has been put away with yes, for you. Yes, for you. Amen. In other words, you, you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So everything's there. But it's not there just for you. He's got enough there for whoever you minister to. Are you with me? Well, let me just show you an example now. Matthew chapter 15, verse 30. I'm kind of skipping around on my... Yo, yo, got me pulling. Yo, yo, pulling. All right, now what's this? Watch this now. You're going to another level. So here it is. We're going to read that. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 30 and 31. Let's read. And great multitudes came unto him, having them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. Stop. So, great multitude came to him, bringing people that were blind, and halt, lame, watch this, maimed. What does maimed mean? Something is missing. Could have been in the military, diabetes, whatever it is, something got amputated or some accident happened or somebody was born that way. They threw all of them down at Jesus' feet. Now, Jesus is not operating in 3D. Come on. Now, over in John 14, he said, what I did, you can do too. So if that be the case, that means whatever he's about to do here, you can do. Read verse 31. No, not verse 30. 
He threw them down at Jesus' feet. And what happened after that? And he healed them. And he what? Healed them. He healed them. Them who? The maimed. Come on. The lame. Come on. The blind. He healed them. Verse 31, please. And so much that the multitude wondered. They wondered. Wondered. Keep going. When they saw the dumb to speak. The dumb to speak. Now you may know some dumb people. And they called the dumb to speak. Keep going. Keep going. The maimed to be whole. The maimed. Look, look here. Come on, come on, saints. Come on, you got to go with me now. We're we going somewhere now. I'm talking about the church performing above the scientific world. I know there's a prosthetic lamb. Thank God for it. But if the church would come out of 3D and come on up to 4D, we can get miracles. Now, this is why the devil hates miracles. One reason, one, one of the reasons. He hates miracles because it removes all trace of what he did. And I'm saying the church, I'm prophesying, is about to go up to 4D. And we're going to minister in a way that the best of the world is no match for what God's going to have us doing. Turn to Psalm chapter 72 and verse 18. I'm saying, thank God for a prosthetic limb. But I got something that's been laid up in heaven, in the invisible, that not only I can partake of, but whoever I want to minister to, I got a leg for you, an eye for you, I got a hand for you. Come on now. Say amen. See, this is a supernatural church. In Jesus' name. Sit down. Lord, that came out of spirit. Ready? Psalm 72, verse 18. Read. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous who things. Who only doeth wondrous things. Things that no one else can match. Put it in your notes. Things that leave all competition far behind. That's the way that translates. The church, we're about to take the lead. 
I know they got AI, but you got faith. Glory to God, You got the original technology. Sit down. Glory to God. All right. Let's keep going here. I got to get home sometime tonight. Praise God. All right, next. That spectrum of reality. The first is the fact that Jerry's watch. And Jerry had something to come out of his spirit that controlled the time. It matched what he confessed. But it came out of the power that was coming through his spirit. Got it? So, the production comes from and by the spirit and this production is brought forth on the earth. Your spirit produces and your hands gather. Let's just take the fig tree. Jesus cursed the fig tree. Came back the next day. What was the condition of the fig tree? With it dried up from the dried up from the unseen. Leaving no trace. See, the enemy, the enemy is out to leave trace because that's where he builds fear in people that say, well, I sure hope I don't get that. Let me answer that. You won't in Jesus' name. Now, so this idea about production and producing things happened to me. So I'm working for IBM. This is after I've been born again, listening to Charles Capp so I could preach all his messages. And uh, talked about the kingdom. Found out that the kingdom's in me. And so this kingdom is empowering me to actually operate above the, the blessing, to operate above anybody else. It's designed to make me the head. Now, it doesn't care what the conditions are. When you Train your spirit. Brother Hagen got in his book, big book on faith. The last uh, teaching, I think, in the book is how to train the human spirit. All right. So the economy dropped. Sales and computers, nobody was buying. I'm a computer sales manager. My boss at the end of the month wants to know where, where the goods? Because he's got to present them to his boss. Know what happened? None of us managers had anything. We're just going out to lunch, talking about how bad it is. 
and how the boss is putting all this pressure on us and he knows there's a down economy and putting this pressure and we're just having a pity party. So God caught me, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm having a party. He, he said, son, come out of there. You're in the world, but not of it. So now I'm fulfilling my dominion mandate. Because what's happening in the world shouldn't affect me. I'm from another place. I'm an ambassador. I'm a king. And so I got back, began to meditate that, pull it up again. And so my sister called that morning, the last day of the month. Well, how are you doing this month, brother? I said, I'm doing just fine, thank you. And you called me back at five o'clock today. I'll have so much business, I can't put it all on the books. And then I hung up. So about 12 noon, all of this, what was happening in the economy going down, looked like it didn't affect me. One of my people called in, Jim called in, hey, Bill, I just got a big order. A Carol called in, hey, Bill, I said, bring it on in. So at five o'clock, I'm booking. I'm booking enough for me. I'm booking enough for Leo. I'm booking enough for Adrian. I'm booking enough for all and booking enough for my boss. He comes, looks over my shoulder and says, hey, Bill, Bill, that's enough. Let's save some for next month. He, He... Are you following? He thought he had to save it because he thought he couldn't do the same next month. You can have miracles on demand. I said you can have miracles on demand. What's up? You don't have enough just for you. You got enough for the whole office. See, you're, you're not there so that they can take care of you. You went to work there to take care of Now, it's just what Pastor read up here just a while ago. And she overheard me say it back there. But faith is used to working for God. And God gave each one of us the measure of faith. But faith as a servant is used to working for a ruler. Faith is not used to working for people who beg. Uh, listen, I was, I was just when we first started the ministry, we had gone back to Minnesota where I was last with IBM. And I started the church there when I was with IBM. So I came back to Patsy. Could you spend a year here just to shore up the church again and then going back to Chicago? I said, sure. Came back. And that one night I was praying, Lord, need a message for the people? Saturday night. It came 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I'm still waiting on the back. I'm still big. Now I'm crying. Lord, <laughs> the people need a message, Lord. He said, what are you doing? 
I said, I'm, I'm trying to get a message. He said, is that the way you're supposed to come before me? Wow. I said, no, you said come boldly. He said, why don't you do that? I said, well, in the name of Jesus Christ, boom, here comes the message. Notice, as long as I'm out of line with the word, he can't help me. He can't help me. He's not going to violate his word. He said, come boldly. And that's what you got to do. Say amen to this. I know God is merciful, but somewhere he's got to get us turned around so that we do it his way. I did it my way. No, it ain't going to work here. It's not going to work. So what am I saying? Look how the business came in. Look what it did for me. Promoted me again. You see, 20 years later, the person who was the marketing manager right next door saw that. 20 years later, he came to the church to be saved. There are people that won't get saved without a miracle. Miracles are your mandate. All right. Let's see next. Next is God's no longer coming down. Lord have mercy. How we doing? Doing okay? All right. All right. These young people, I like them. They're not religious. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Okay, you know, hey, I, like, I love it. Because they're real, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you know, revival going to break out with these young people. It really is. Signs and wonders going to break out with them. All right. So, just take this down. God is no longer coming down to somebody's circumstance-dominated life. But he is now insisting that we come up to his circumstance-dominating. Pardon me. His, his, our Ability to dominate the circumstances in our life and nature. I want to get it right. So he's not coming down where circumstances are dominating us. He wants us to come up where we can dominate the circumstances. Are you with me? God's plan is for his plan and provisions to come by the superior method of the spirit. I'll try it one more time. God's plan is for his plans and provisions to come by the superior method of the spirit. Try it again. God's plan is for his plan and provisions to come by the superior method of the kingdom, of the, of the, of the spirit. Now, I'm saying that because 
If you operate on 4D, you can control anything in 3D. And 3D is Satan's limit. The best thing he can use down there is sorcery. And you've got something to fight that sorcery. Say amen to that. All right, let's uh, take a couple of things and, and we'll try to wrap this thing up. Let's look at mental excellence. Mental excellence. In Daniel chapter 6, in verse 3, he says this. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, the rulers. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Turn with me to Job 32 and starting at verse 6. And do it out of the message translation. Do you have a message translation? Do you? Okay, you don't, you don't, you don't have it. Message translation over here. Job chapter, come on. Job chapter 32 and verse six in the message translation. Come up, all right. Hold on just a minute. This was what Elias, son of Barakel and the Buzzite said, I am a young man. I'm a young man. And you are all old. You are all old and experienced. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) That's why I I kept quiet and held back from joining. That's why I kept quiet and I held back from joining in the conversation. Keep going. I kept thinking experience will tell. I kept thinking experience We'll tell. It knows best. Keep going. The longer you live, the, the longer wiser, you live, the wiser you become. The wiser you become. But I see I was wrong. But I see I was wrong. <laughs> it's God's spirit. It's God's person. spirit. Come on. <laughs> the breath of the Almighty. The breath of the Almighty. One that makes wise human insight possible. It makes wise human insight possible. Keep going. The experts have no corner on wisdom. The experts have no corner on wisdom. Keep going. Getting old doesn't guarantee good sense. Getting old does not guarantee good sense because there are some old fools. All right. Keep going. So I've decided to speak up. So I decided to speak up. Listen well. Listen well. I'm going to tell you exactly. I'm going to tell you what I think. Say amen. Amen. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying when you come on the scene, there's something called mental excellence. Turn to it, please. Again, turn this King James now. Go back to that. 
and go and look at Numbers chapter 11, verse 16 and 17. Get that ready because I'm having you read it quickly. I'm running out of time. I got to go home. All right. Now watch this. I'm saying to you, I don't care who you're up against. I don't care how many degrees they got from MIT and Harvard. Come on, come on. Makes no difference. That's right. God gave Daniel mental excellence. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. And because of that, he promoted Daniel yes. to be over everybody else. Hallelujah. Now they got jealous about it and tried to throw him in the lion's den, but how many of you know the lion wouldn't touch him? That's right. Amen. All right. Let's look at Numbers. I'm going to have to speed up. Numbers and chapter 11, verse 16 and 17. Here is Moses and Moses needs some help. And Jethro told him, Jethro was a Midianite priest, a black man, and he advised him and he said, if you keep doing this, you're not going to live long. And so here Jethro gave him a word and then Moses adhered to that word and now Moses needs some help. Doing what? Counseling three million people. God said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the spirit of counsel. Come on in excellence and I'm going to take it from you. I'm going to put the same spirit on them that's on you and they're going to be able to counsel in excellence. Say amen. Amen. So here's 70 others that went to bed stupid and woke up smart. Now, I'm just saying if he can do it then, He can do it now. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that say it. Amen. I ain't heard that a long time. That's what they said out of that Baptist church. Say it. All right. Now, now, look at this. Because Matthew, uh, Mark, Mark chapter five, verse 15. Here's a man. He was the madman of Gadara out of his mind. There are people who've been taking so many drugs that they are out of their mind. Say amen to that. Now we're not endorsing that. We're saying that we can do something about it because you're going to fulfill your dominion mandate. And so here's a man and they, he sent the disciples in town. They came back and saw the man at the feet of Jesus. Read. And they came unto Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and sitting at the feet of Jesus and what clothed, clothed and in his right mind. So what happened? This lady came to our ministry. She got taught the word. She moved from the west side of Chicago, which was tough, and moved to Oak Park where we had our ministry. And she brought her son and put her son in Oak Park school. And she got in school and they tested a child. They said, this child is supposed to be in the seventh grade, but he tests in the fourth grade. So we got to take him back. She was embarrassed about it, came, 
I said, well, you can change that. Come on. Amen. You see, I said, when the blessing came on you, uh-huh. it came on your family. That's right. Because God is making it so yeah. that you will not be dishonored. That's right. Amen. So I said, let's look at Deuteronomy. Come on. And Deuteronomy chapter 34. And let's look at verse 9. 34 and verse 9. This is Moses ministering to Joshua. Okay? And Deuteronomy 34, 9, read. And and Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hand upon him. Stop. Joshua was full of wisdom. How did he get it? Moses laid his hands on him. How did the 70 elders get it? Moses, God supernaturally impart, Lord have mercy. I'm just saying, I told her to lay your hands on that boy and bless him every day and decree that whatever you want. She said, I'm decreeing then that this boy will be in his right grade by the end of the school year and he will be making A's and B's. She didn't say he's just going to be in the class because God could put him in the class and he'd be making D's. But she said what he's going to make. A's and B's, by the time that particular year was over, he was in his right class, in his right mind, making A's and B's. Every child of God, of the seed of Abraham, can be smart. Boy, that's all I got to say about that, man. That's part of your covenant. But it's going to have to happen by faith. My faith. All right, let me just kind of close this out here. Uh, there was a man named Booker T. Washington. Now, I'm just going to say a little bit about it. But Booker T. Washington started a school, Tuskegee. And he went around to get people to be taught in the school. And the 1865 was the end of slavery, and so the school started 1881. So you had slaves still, slave mind. But he took them in. He took them in, and by 1905, these students, he was producing more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton put together. By 1915, he had built 107 buildings with his own bricks because nobody would sell them any. He had 2,000 acres. He had one uh, hundred, he had a hundred, pardon me, 200 professors and teachers. He had 1,500 students. Now watch this. I was brought up in the lab school of Tuskegee when I went to school. 
And in that lab school, they had a lot of curriculum that had come down from Washington's old way of teaching. I saw one day, I saw Roy Rogers. He came to the school with his horse named Trigger. Now, I think Trigger had a little mental excellence. Uh, that was the smartest horse I think I ever seen in my life. That horse could do everything but talk. And uh, I don't want to, I'm not talking about Roy Rogers' horse. He brought his horse from Victorville, from California. He brought him all the way to Tuskegee because Tuskegee had the number one vet school in the world. These were black people. See, he didn't fall for this old thing. He knew if he got them under the covenant, he could make them some of the smartest students you've ever seen. And he did. Now, the last thing I'm going to tell you, tell them to crank up the airplane. The last thing I'm going to tell you is Isaiah in chapter 51 and verse 16. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, thou art my people. Did I say it right? Okay, amen. Did I give you something already? I did give you something. Amen. All right. And what is he saying? So here I'm coming down from preaching and God spoke to me. We're turning jails into boarding schools. Now, all these young people going to jail in Chicago. Cook County Jail. So when I said that, Job chapter 22, verse 28, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. Ecclesiastes chapter eight, verse four, where the word of a king is, there's power. So God wants me to speak things into the earth that can reformat, that can come in and change laws. Come on, change neighborhoods. Say amen. amen. Now I'm saying you've got this kind of power. This power re- lays resident inside of you. And so when I said that, I said it in the name of Jesus. We're turning jails into boarding schools and something began to happen. Next thing you know, they call us. Next thing we put us a little literacy class. Next thing you know, we're baptizing in there. Next thing you know, we, they put up the screen so that they can see my Sunday teaching. Next thing you know, I'm invited to Washington to sit up beside the president and brief him on, on prison reform. Next thing you know, one thing after another. I'm just saying, 
all of a sudden clothes start coming in. We have graduation in Cook County. Why? Because now they formed a four-year high school in the prison. Now, I said turning jails into what? Boarding school. If you know anything about a boarding school, it's private. The ones that I know about, see, I was raised down there in the elementary school in Tuskegee, and my dad wouldn't send me away. All the kids that graduated with me in the eighth grade, they went away to boarding schools. They went away to some of the top boarding schools. Every one of them had to take an exam to get into boarding school. Every one of them passed the exam because the curriculum that we had had French in the third grade. And I'm saying that this whole idea of mental excellence can go for anybody. So we were taking people who were out of their minds and putting them in that jail. And now they put a high school in jail and now they're teaching algebra in jail. Come on now. Next thing you know, they call us and ask us to, could we teach our trading in jail? We went down to the Chicago Board of Options and they said, we'd love to teach it. So now we're bringing a trading course in jail, teaching them how to trade stock. And they're soaking it up like a a sieve, a, 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 a sponge. Now I'm done, I'm done, but just hear what I'm saying. No, 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 no. When the devil has shot his best shot, Moses, don't strike this rock. You're moving up to another level. Speak to it. And Moses got frustrated and struck it. True enough, water came out. But that wasn't what God was trying to do. I'm telling you now, where you were before, he doesn't want to come down there anymore. He's now bringing you up to what you've been designed to be. How you follow what I'm saying? And what's happening? Graduating behind Cook County Jail, how people are sending us new suits. We put them in suits, then they'll come and, and watch this. The people who are going to hire them sit on one side, and this is all in Cook County Jail. And the, the, the people who are graduating our courses sit on this side, and after I finish the ceremony of graduation, the people who are going to hire them come over and interview the ones that... Are you following what I'm saying? He said over in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 33 through 36, here's the deal. You can take a waste place and you're going to turn it into a garden of Eden. Say amen to that. So I don't know who you are. I don't know what they told you, but he just read it. Just because you're old doesn't mean you got good sense. He is saying the breath of the Almighty can give you mental excellence that nobody else can match. I'm decreeing that innovation is going to come out of this church in the name of Jesus. And I'm saying that God is about to do something with you and your household. Say amen. Because Bill Winston came to town. I'm speaking blessings over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
the Lord over, let, uh, lift up his countenance against you and give you peace. From now on, in the name of Jesus, you'll not struggle for anything else. Your days of struggling are over. Any blood pressure that's out of line, I command you to come back in line right now in Jesus' name. Any blood sugar that's out of line, I command you a new pancreas come on you in Jesus' name. Anybody that's got pain in their body right now, pain, I command you, go in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Father, we release the miracles of God in this place and we give you thanks for it. My name is Bill Winston and I approve this message. God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.